Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Eric, how are you today? Good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You getting some rain up there, huh? Oh, I think it's kind of passed through now. But yeah, it was uh, a little hairy up here earlier today, but... Uh, it's it's passed through Fort Worth where I'm at and over on to the east side of Dallas now. Well, the gentleman that called with the flood uh, concern in spring, he reminded me of a question I've been meaning to ask you because I know you have a lot of foundation experience. I'm, yep. I'm planning a new construction in a coastal uh, area, but it's, it's inland outside of the 100-year floodplain, and I'd okay. like to build... I'd like to build something that's three to four feet above ground level. And if I do a traditional foundation home, is there any kinds of do's and don'ts I need to watch out for when I have the engineering firm design the foundation uh, for that typical style home that would be elevated to that level? Well, typically, uh, if you're only talking three feet, you can go with either a block and base here and beam or one up on stilts if you get up into the you know five foot six eight ten foot then you're usually going to a house on stilts so normally you're going to end up getting a soils report first and i always recommend that before building a house get a soils report and make sure that the design engineer follows the soil engineer's recommendations on how to build that foundation because what the design guys will sometimes do is look at it and say, okay, well, this foundation that the soils engineer designed is going to cost a fortune to build, so uh, the, it's not likely that it's going to do this, that, or the other thing. So we can shortcut a little bit right here, and that ends up costing you a fortune in the long run. Build yeah, according to the design engineer. Okay, that's that's what my... What's where I'm and at right now as I'm trying to decide. Eric, if I, I got to go. put you on hold because I got to take a quick break for news, traffic, and weather, and I'll come back to you because there are some other things we need to talk about on building new that way. When we left, I was talking with uh, Eric about building a new home, and he was asking about the foundation part of it. And Eric, you said this is in off the coast. How, where where are we talking about? Uh, it's Calhoun County. It would be. It's about eight miles inland of the Gulf, but it is. It is a bayfront area. Yep. Okay. You know, on top of the uh, foundation part, one of the other things you're going to want to be very concerned with is if you get outside of city limits, to make sure that you have an independent inspector come out and be checking on things because. So often when houses are built in the county, they don't meet the building code standards. Uh, stuff like hurricane straps get skipped. Uh, the, the way the uh, weather sheathing is done isn't up to codes. Even electrical and plumbing get shortcutted a lot of times. So always make sure you have an independent inspector coming out to follow up, make sure everything's being done the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, my, my, my concern and my original uh, question was I'm just in between staying with the traditional foundation and going pier and beam at that and staying at that height, like a four or five foot. And I just, 
I wanted to know if that would be just way too cost costly to do the foundation a traditional way uh, to well, stick with it. And, the, truthfully, there is no traditional way. I mean, you got slabs and you got block and base and pier and beam. Uh, the big thing to look at is what are the flood elevations? You know, and even though you're not in the 100 year floodplain, there's a ton of people who weren't in the floodplain that flooded during Harvey. Yes, and sir. That's why, that's why I'd like to get it three or four foot because the area did take on some flooding during Carla, but that was back in the 60s. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, as far as elevating it, truthfully, if I was going to build one right now that I wanted to get elevated and I'm depending on the construction style you want it to look like if I wanted brick siding I would go with a a a pier and beam foundation but if if I wanted more of that beach look and one I didn't have to worry about flooding I would put it up on stilts and I would have it plenty high you know whether you go three feet or you go five feet cost wise there's not going to be any difference safety wise from flooding is a huge difference and that starts you know once you start getting up into those heights you now start having good usable storage space underneath that you can put things you don't have to worry about that would flood yes sir i've i've been in touch with a a local engineering firm so is the soil sample something that i would need to take to them uh before they draw up any engineering uh for the for either way i go well, if they're going to follow the engineering codes, they're going to have that soils report done prior to them designing the foundation. Otherwise, what they're going to probably give you is something saying that, uh, you know, this was just based on past experience. No soils reports were done. I would order the soils report. Typically, uh, you know, depending on how far they got travel to do the report, you look or the, the testing, rather, you're going to be looking at somewhere 800 to Fifteen hundred dollars to get the soils reports properly. Oh wow! Okay, so th- is that something that I would do through the engineering firm, or do I have to contact somebody independently to do that? Uh, for most engineering firms, you'd have to contact someone independent. Okay. Do you do you recommend anybody in that? Uh, I typically recommend Geotech Engineering. Geotech. Yeah, geotech engineering, but that may be a little bit far for them, but if it is, they would be able to give you somebody else in that area. Okay, Jim. I'll, uh, I'll get in touch with them, and I appreciate your input. You bet. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Real quick, my other question was, is I have uh, my mortar around my bricks uh, is cracking. Yes. And uh, there's some places where uh, it really... Uh, it's kind of looking kind of bad, and some of the bricks are loose. Is that yeah. I can take care of myself, or should I get somebody professionally to look at it? If you want it to look good, you'll get somebody professional to look at it. You can do it yourself. The hardest part is to match the mortar color. Okay, it's not resetting yeah. the brick or anything. It's just getting the colors to match. Okay. Also, if you're building new construction, energy efficiency is going to be a must. Now, typically, I tell people don't use foam insulation to encapsulate the entire house. I do recommend it on the walls, and typically underneath the crawl space, I recommend a closed cell 
foam insulation. But if in, up in the attic, use fiberglass. It doesn't degrade, leaves the house breathable. And if you have a, an attic with crawl space, you know, whether you put 16 inches of insulation or 30 inches of insulation, who cares about the difference? What you're looking for is the R value. And quite frankly, 16 inches is going to give you plenty of insulation. But whether it's foam insulation or it is fiberglass insulation, R value, R19 is R19. It doesn't change. So use the, the fiberglass to keep the house breathable, and it'll be much easier on your air conditioning system design because it's not trying to design to recycle the air in the house. In fact, I got a, a, an email from someone who, honestly, needs to take a little bit of a chill pill. Uh, let me get down to his original question. His original question was, do you know an honest roofing company, local area for Fort Worth? I sent him Arrington Roofing. They do a great job. Well, he was put off simply because with what he wanted to get looked at, wasn't a replacement, it was a for repair. They have a $49 trip charge out. I'm sorry, people. Let's understand this real clear because I'm a contractor as well. We make money with our time. And if we're just coming out to look at a very small repair, we have to charge for that. And it doesn't matter if it's me, a roofing contractor, a window contractor, a siding contractor, it doesn't matter. Our time is the only thing that we have to sell. And so we do have to charge for those type of trips. Now, when you're going out bidding larger jobs, honestly, typically most of us don't charge. But when it's just a small repair, you pretty much have to in order to break even. You can't charge enough on the repair to cover that trip. And that's the reason there was a charge there. Uh, you know, it doesn't do any good to get snide about that, that trip fee. He, he didn't come out and charge it to you. And uh, no, I'm not going to recommend another roofer because I'm recommending guys who I know are going to do a great job for you. Not guys who are going to do the dirt cheapest job for you. Those are the guys who are going to rip you off. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Ron, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate that. The question oh, I have pleasure. regards Oh, thank you. The question I have regards sewer pipe piping underneath the house replacement. The yes. Lived, moved in the house in 95, lived here the whole time. Second owner. The uh, house was built in 73. I've had service on and off over the years with uh, clogged drains and such. Uh, with the age, of course, it's getting a little bit uh, more often. It is cast iron piping. The house is 46 years old. I've been yep. told about the 50-year time limit for range. And this technician that came out yesterday, uh, and I use a reputable company. I've found a really good uh, company to go with for uh, HVAC, uh, electrical, and plumbing. And so... He was talking to me about uh, what he was seeing. He showed me all the camera runs, both sides going in and out. It was not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was ledging and there was a lot of dimpling and there was like this river trough down on the bottom that he said kind of gritty. Okay. So I know I'm 
I'm reaching the end of the line. I really love the location I'm living in. It's like everything's available. So we talked about replacement of that, and he described how they would tunnel under the house, you know, like a four-by-four square tunnel, and actually take the piping out and replace it uh, with, with the PVC. And then I asked him the question, was like, okay, so what kind of price range are we talking about for that? And he goes, God, I hope he had you sit down first, didn't he? (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's exactly (laughs) what he said. You need to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) And to which I said, can we kind of incrementally do this? One side of the house, the east side, has two bathrooms and showers on the same segment. And the west side, the sorry, reverse that, west side. East side of the house has just one, and the kitchen's dead center. Uh, Comes in from the street, splits left and right. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, if we hit the heavy hitter first on the west side, it's got the two bathrooms. Uh, what methods do you know of, have seen or heard of in the past, or even uh, know people that do this kind of work, to restore the integrity of those sewer drains? Either pull okay. them out and replace them or line them? Not sure. Uh, truthfully, I have been doing that for the last so. Well, since 89, I guess. Okay, Actually, I'm really that good. even. Yeah, uh, it is a common problem. As the cast iron ages, it deteriorates and has to be replaced. You mentioned the fact that you're having to snake it out more often. How often are you having to do it? Uh, about once a year now. And then we're trying to be very careful about how we use the system, right? Yeah. And, and I use root kill. Once a month, because we have um, we have some root intrusions every now and then. It's yeah, you know, it's an old pecan orchard. Uh, you might remember. I don't know. A couple years back, I called you and asked the feasibility of building a basement underneath an existing house. Oh. Uh, to which to which you inquired, is Ron very wealthy? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, well, I guess I have to ask that again since you're looking at replacing the non season. <laughs> Well, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm looking at a at an equity loan, but um, it, it's one of those things. Is this really worth that investment, or you know, time to go? Yeah, Ron, I t- oh, oh. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I'm, I, I've got to take a real quick break for news and traffic. I'm going to ask you to hold on through this break because there are a lot of things we need to discuss on this. And I think when we get done talking about it, you'll, you'll feel a whole lot more comfortable. So if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll be right back with you. When we left, I was talking with Ron in Arlington about underslab plumbing problems and replacing old cast iron pipes. And Ron, are you there still? Yes, sir, I am. Glad to be back. Okay. I appreciate you holding on through the weather alerts and all that stuff. Uh, you know, the truth of the matter is... Eventually, that cast iron is going to have to be replaced. Uh, if you run a camera down, even a- after you put in a PVC pipe, that trough down through the middle that has all that gritty water in it and stuff, you're going to yeah. still find that, even in, in a pipe that's only three weeks old. Uh, that's, that's just normal buildup. The issue that happens with the old cast iron pipes is it deteriorates and gets cracks in it. The roots start coming in. It rots and rusts out, and you know dirt will start coming in. That's the 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 issues that you're dealing with with the old cast iron pipe. Uh, if it was just a buildup of debris, they could actually 
hydrojet through the pipe and clean it out. So what he, what your plumber told you as far as tunneling up underneath the slab to replace the pipe is 100% correct. That That is how it's dealt with. And typically, you need to have somebody who understands foundation issues as well. Because if you do a bunch of tunneling and you don't support that foundation, that area is going to drop. It usually happens about two years later because the he soils... Was, uh, descriptive of that, too. Yeah, the, the, the soils, you, there's no way to pack it back in the way it originally was. Uh, you can fill the tunnel, and I recommend filling the tunnel in most cases, but you've got to have support there for that foundation or you will run into problems. So uh, it, it sounds like he gave you all the, the correct infor information. Uh, you were starting to talk about can you do part of it at a time? On yeah, some branches off to east and west. If I do the west side first one time, uh, the east side gets a lot less use, a yeah. lot less. So it's like and get the heavy use side first. Absolutely, you can do that as long as the layout of the pipes is right, to where you can cap it off, you know, and, and uh, put the new side in, and have everything still tie together to exit the house. Uh, there's a, an, another option on some homes is what's called a reroute. And that's where, that. like, yeah. if, if bathrooms are on an outside wall, for instance, yes. you can a lot of times take the pipes outside and trench around and tie it back into the sewer main going out to the where wherever the city's main is. That is a lot of times less expensive, but not always. It depends on how far all the tunnel has to be how much right. trenching, different things like that. So normally when I'm looking at a house, I try to price it both ways and then give you your option as far as which way you want to go. That was one of the options he he uh, highlighted a lot, as in and he sh we walked around the property. It could route reroute outside from underneath and go this yep. path. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've, I've learned to uh, rely on these gents, this company, very very reputable, high integrity, high quality people they send. Yep. Sounds like and he's know that they know what they're doing on this part. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, but I wanted to call you and say, what else is out there? And it just like That's there it. isn't anything else. That's it. There. Yep. That is <laughs> it. Uh, there, there are some systems where they can slip line and re and and coat the inside of pipes and stuff. It doesn't work under the house. It only works in straight runs out in the yard. Understood. I asked him about that because I've seen articles uh, that that discuss that lining type of thing. Yeah. Yep. And uh, no, I don't really have a good candidate property for that. Yeah. You, I asked yeah, him it if doesn't sound keep like the tunnels it. and shore it up, and you know, remember that basement I wanted to have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he goes, "No, you don't want to do that." <laughs> no. No. But uh, so, okay, so well, I'm really looking at a costly. Uh, initiative here. Yes, you are. I have to, you know, my wife and I is like, we have to weigh this. Our location is probably one of the best I have ever been in in all my years as far as if you need it, it's at your disposal minutes from where you live. Well, And you move out, you're not going to find that again. Here's, here's the issue if you go to sell the house. You already know you have the issue, so you're going to have to disclose it now anyways. Right. And right. a lot of 
a lot of home inspectors are now doing static tests on cast iron systems to check for leaks when they do their inspections. So you're, I, I hate to break pass. this to yeah. you, but yeah, you're going to have to do this regardless if you're wanting to sell the house even. Even sell the house. And that makes sense, and that's only fair to the buyer. Yeah. Now, if you want a second uh, bid on it, by all means, give us a holler. Do West would be more than happy to come out and, and uh, give you a price as well. Oh, you you got listening to your show. You've always done me well. I did the phone my walls thing, by the way. Oh, good. And uh, and they uh, they had a summer special. You know, military veteran, the whole bit. Yep. They loved my house because wow, going through your mortar is like going through butter. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so you've had others? Yes, yeah, we've had others where we've actually had to replace bits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's probably one of the best things I've ever done. My da- neighbor did it first. And I asked him about it, and he goes, yeah, you need to do that. Heard it on your show. Yep, I'm going to do that. One last question, and I'll let you go, sir. Okay. In the course of the clean-out work yesterday, some of the backflow came up from underneath one of the stools. All right, wax ring is bad. Yes. Um, I I went to go get a replacement wax ring today to change it out, and they had this new rubber kind of wax ring, the new wax ring. Yes, I'm like, because a wax ring, you've got one shot to get it right. Yep, and that new synthetic actually, you know, they, they, a wax ring costs you a, a buck or two bucks. Oh, that yeah, synthetic one costs you about $12, but once it's in there, mind. you don't yeah, have don't to jack around with it. I don't mind my amateur plumbing capability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is absolutely nothing up. wrong with using them. Okay, great. I was looking for that kind of confirmation. Because I am an amateur plumber, uh, plumber like most of us <laughs> homeowners, and there hasn't been one plumbing job in this house that I've done that's like it never goes right the first time. Yep. So, yep. anyway, I appreciate that confirmation. I did get the synthetic uh, upright, like, you know. Oh, sure. A After bit you screw more. up, you call me. I see how you are now, Ron. But that no. is, <laughs> you know, that is, that is tailored for me. <laughs> yes, it, it it truly is tailored for that type of situation, or a situation where you've got a toilet that kind of rocks a little bit. Uh, well, I and, and, up. You know, because on yeah. on houses that move constantly, you can use those synthetic ones and not end up with leak after leak. So they yeah. they are actually there is a great use for them. And Ron, with that, I'm going to have to let you run. Well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your uh, advice. You have All a great right. day, sir. You too. Ted, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yes, how you doing? Um, so, I've been in this house about two months. Well, the heavy rains that came left my backyard like a swamp. Yeah. So, I don't have gutters on the backside. So, what I'm looking to do is I'm going to replace the facial boards with Hardy, but I need somebody to take a look at leveling my backyard out so it drains properly and also putting gutters on okay i'll tell you what ted i'm gonna put you on hold for just a a couple minutes while we take a quick break when we come back we'll start addressing that drainage and gutters and all that kind of stuff that needs to be taken care of uh when we left we were talking with uh ted about some uh, drainage issues backyards getting saturated when it rains and uh he's wanting to put in some gutters and drainage and stuff and ted let me ask you a couple quick questions here yes the back the backyard when it it, is it 
standing water out there, or is it just the soils are getting so saturated they turn to mush? No, it's standing water. All right. So I have one more thing to put in. I have a, a square patio right right outside the sliding door. Well, the grass line has risen above the patio, so it's holding the water also coming out of the ah. patio door. So that's yeah, another. So somebody's been filling issue. the yard in over time. Yes, probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and looking around the house, is there any place to drain the water to? Uh, the, the previous owners looked like they installed some drainage going to the street. Um, yep. I don't know where it's, where that's at, though, in the yard. I yeah. haven't found it yet. Well, and of course, if the street fills with water, the drainage yes. doesn't work at that point. But, you know, the whole purpose of drainage, though, is uh, even once the street fills, as the street drains down, if it'll drain the water off the yard, you know, the grass will do the rest of it to, for drying it out for you. So that's going to be the first thing to take a look at is where can we drain it? What is it going to take for drainage? A lot of times people are wanting to put subsurface drains in and catch basins and stuff when all they need is to change the grade of the yard a little bit to drain exactly. it out. So that'll be the first thing to look at. Uh, secondary, if you can get the yard drainage changed, you may not need gutters. Only time I recommend gutters is like if it's over the doorways, driveways, uh, patios, things like that. Or if you can't control the water coming off the roof and it's cutting into the soil and not running off, then we use gutters to, to take it away. So there's several All items right. that are going to need to be taken a look at. And the biggest reason I, I take that stance on it, gutters back up. They rot behind the gutters. And I know you're talking about putting hardy up there, and that'll keep it from rotting. But, you know, if they're not needed, why have something up there you got to clean out? So exactly. We'll, we'll, Take a look at drainage issues first. Uh, if you want to call Due West, we actually right. do a lot of drainage work because it goes hand-in-hand hand with foundation problems. When people don't take care of the drainage, it will cause foundation issues as well. What do you so, think about that patio real quick? Uh, do you, do you, do you, yeah. What do you think about filling that in or with dirt I mean, uh, or in grass? And then, Is that an option? or You mean take the patio out and fill it in? Or, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, because you wouldn't, wouldn't want to go. Like, go ahead. You, know, you wouldn't want to go over the patio with it. You do All have right. to take the concrete out because uh, in the summer months, that grass would dry out and burn way too fast being, being right, on top yeah. of that concrete. Uh, right. But, yeah, that is that is an option you can look at. Bill, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Appreciate you taking my call. You bet. Oh. Uh, I'm working on a two, three-car garage converted into a two-bedroom apartment, so to say, efficiency apartment. And my exterior walls are a uh, are, are the actual roll-up doors. You know your garage okay. doors. Yeah. And I'm I put some studded uh behind stud two by fours behind there, and I'm going to seal it in, and probably use a spray-in foam, spray foam, a closed cell. And I wanted to know how what would be a good item to put at the very bottom where the concrete doors and my outside siding touch the concrete, meet the concrete, to seal it off as well. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're going through all the hassle of building a stud wall behind the door and all that stuff, why aren't you just taking the door out and fill in that opening? 
because I'm already past that that project, that point, and I put a big heavy beam across there, and uh, it was already an existing building, so to say, and it was already converted okay. to that condition. So I'm just kind of going with it and and just gotcha. rehabbing it. Okay. While that door is closed, is the wall still open where you can get to the back side of the door? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Then what I would personally do is, is seal it from the inside because okay. uh, any sealing you do on the outside, it the weather, you know, the sun and everything is just going to beat it up and, and do away with it anyways. Okay. Uh, so just get a regular 50-year caulking to put okay. down on the bottom. And, and seal it up that way. I would add some to the outside as well. Uh, just be prepared that probably every five, ten years, you're going to end up replacing it on the outside. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so a 50-year caulking. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, get, a, get a good high-end caulk. If you use a, a five-year, it, it's not. It's just not going to hold up. Okay. I saw sometimes, and I can't remember the name of it is, I have to go back and do my research, you know, on the Internet or whatever, but... Looking at uh, when they seal in like metal buildings, uh, insulate metal buildings with uh, the closed cell spray foam. Yeah. At the bottom, I saw where somebody was putting some kind of sealant at the bottom, but it wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't your, your your spray foam. And I wasn't sure what they were using. And because they were doing it for air barrier to keep the air from coming in, you know. Well, there, there's a lot of different things that people use on stuff like that. Uh, and to be honest, personally, I would probably take down the, the wall that somebody else put in and I, I would do away with that garage door. E or even if I was going to leave the uh, the inside wall the way you have it, I would probably s do away with that metal door because it is going to be problematic down the road. Uh, no matter what you do with it, it, it's not designed to be that watertight. Right. And so okay. it will it will be problematic down the road. You may want to consider just pulling it out and building it in from the outside. And yes, you're going to have a dead air space behind it, but actually that would help with uh, insulation and everything. And, sure, sure it would. And it would okay. seal it up where where you don't have to worry about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree with that too as well. An airspace is good with a little bit of insulation in it. So I'm trying to make it yeah. as energy efficient as possible. Um, yep. But anyway, okay. Well, I appreciate it. That answered my question. You bet. Take care, take Bill. Care. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, you know, I forgot to ask him because I know a lot of times people leave those garage doors simply because HOAs don't allow the garage to be built in and things like that, and so we try to, to hide it. But, uh, you know, eventually that always comes out. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.